0: This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writingexcuses. Season 11, Episode 41.
1: This is Writing Excuses, editor's wish list with Nova Wolf.
0: Fifteen minutes long.
1: Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we have special guest star Nova Wolf.
2: Hi, everyone. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Nova Wolf. I'm an editor at Saga Press, which is Simon & Schuster's science fiction and fantasy imprint. I've worked on books like Michelle Baker's Borderline and Genevieve Valentine's Persona and Cassandra Rose Clark's Our Lady of the Ice, which are all awesome and you should read them.
1: Excellent. And we are on the Writing Excuses Cruise. (laughs) Nava, thank you so much for being on. We love having editors. We get them so rarely. And it is one of the things that our listeners ask for the most, is more editors, more talking with editors. And you actually... I am scared, usually, to pitch this as a topic, because most editors I know get a little tired of what do editors want. You pitched it to me, which is perfect, because I know... Our audience is gonna love this. Now it's okay for us to ask for it. So (laughs) let's talk about it. You pitched the editor's wish list, the things that you are actively looking for and wishing you could find. Uh, What are a few of these?
2: I think for me, the thing that I want the most in general in all things is, this is less specific than you might want, but character. For me, I'll follow a good character anywhere. If you give me a character I can fall in love with, I will follow them down any dark alleyway and any twisty path. And I just want to be with them, and I want to stay with them, and I want to introduce them to my friends and shove this book into people's hands and say, hey, have you met this person? And those are the books that I cannot walk away from and I must have as my own.
1: So how, how important is voice to that as the character voice?
2: Voice is crucial. Yeah. The voice has to be distinct and it has to be unique. It doesn't have to scream voiciness, but I have to be able to fall into it.
3: Okay. And it has yeah. to feel unique to you me. You know, I, I think authors, we tend to focus so much on the cool story we've come up with uh, and I see this a lot with uh, the movie director, the Billy O'Brien, who did the I'm Not a Serial Killer movie. We hang out all the time, and I keep uh, pitching him stories. Like, I've done this other book. Do you want to make a movie out of that? And his first question is always, are the characters cool? Are they quirky and interesting? And I'm, like, poised and primed to tell him all about the cool science fiction thing that I've come up with or this awesome plot that I have, and he's, like, straight character. Are the characters interesting? That's what's important.
2: I can't even tell you how frustrating it is when I get a pitch for a book that sounds awesome and it's all the things I love and I'm really excited to read it and I start reading it and I just don't care about the characters. Like all the characters are flat and all the attention has been placed on cool plot, cool plot, cool thing that happens, cool exciting thing that happens and I don't don't care about any of the people so I don't care about the things that happen. The characters are the things that make me care. And that make me invested. Can can
0: you talk about when when you're looking for why you're not caring for a character? Because I, I know some of the things that I see in beginning writers that, that make characters fall flat, but I'm wondering if when you're looking at things that are, are coming in as agent because Saga only takes agented submissions. Correct. So when you're looking at agented submissions, these are these are at a higher
2: level. What are the th- kinds of things can can you articulate the things that make characters go flat? It's a tricky question because some of it is you know, just the je ne sais quoi of how it feels, but certainly when the characters don't feel distinct from the plot, like they really just feel like plot agencies, like plot vehicles, like we are with these people because we need somebody who's giving us a front row seat to the end of the world. So that's that's internal life. Internal life, yes. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, please.
3: Uh, Brandon and I, uh, back when we were still in a writing group together, we actually came across this situation almost simultaneously in our own books, yep. where we realized that the main characters were only interesting because they were the main characters. Yes. And so the, the trick that we started using from that point on was, think about this character, if he or she was actually the side character in someone else's story, would they be still be interesting? And if the answer is no, then we need to change them.
2: I sometimes have conversations with my authors where I want them to get to know their characters outside of the book where I'm like, all of the, he, I have many questions for you and none of them have anything to do with what happens to your character in this book. But you should know the answer to all of them. You should know your, their favorite color. You should know their favorite song. You should know the kind of movies they like and the chocolate they like to eat and the things they like to do when they hang out with their friends. And none of these things are going to make it into the book. But when you know them, you're going to write this character so much better. You know, th- sorry, as you were talking about that, I'm like, oh, d-
0: this, is, this is actually, that was what my job was. Uh, When I was in New York and I was a prop master in theater, and my job was to buy the pillows that the character would have -hmm. on their couch and to buy the art that was going on the character's wall, and so I actually had to know the character as well as the actor did that was portraying it, because I had to pick the things that reflected that character's interior life and their taste, and I think that even when, even if these are things that you're you aren't necessarily going to, to know. That that the the specificity of the physical objects, because those are the those are the permanent objects that your character mm-hmm. has invested in, that, that a lot of times that really is where you have a, a an external manifestation of their f- internal life. Yeah.
1: So I want to ask this then: if someone comes to you and they have they're going to pitch something, um, what's the pitch you really want to hear? Is it like the this meets this or this meets that, or what, like <laughs> what is the pitch that works for an editor? What's your wish list for a pitch?
2: What's my wish list for a pitch? So I'm going to take that sideways for a second. Okay. The This Meets That is such a complicated thing because it's a really, really good shorthand and it helps you see exactly what it is. But I often feel like it sort of misses the point. Like if someone pitches to me a book that they say, This is Orphan Black Meets Downton Abbey, what they mean is, This is a book with a bunch of characters. Do you (laughs) know? a book about a bunch of characters who have the same face taking place in a costume drama. And what they're not saying is the reason why we love Orphan Black, or we love Downton Abbey, because I love Orphan Black, because it's a sister story, and it's about women who are being manipulated, who are taking agency and seizing their agency, and about the way people try to manipulate women's bodies and the way women come together to support each other, not because it's a bunch of women with Tatiana Maslany's face. And when you say... The thing about Orphan Black that makes it Orphan Black is a bunch of ladies with the same face. You're totally missing the point. So you're pitching me this book that's supposed to get me excited about my favorite property without getting to the heart of why it's my favorite thing. So uh, this meets that as a really, really useful shorthand, as long as you're actually understanding the emotion behind the thing and not just the surface material.
1: Okay, excellent.
0: Do, do you want to use a, a pitch that I'm working on as an example? Sure. I mean, this is not a thing I'm pitching to you because I haven't even written it yet, but, um, but it, it's an example of this meets that. Um, Alfred, Hitchcock pre- Alfred Hitchcock presents the Dragon Riders of Pern.
2: A. I
3: I want to read that too.
0: Are you sure you're not pitching that? <laughs> I have to write it first. <laughs> or not. I'll tell Jen to talk to you. Um <laughs> Uh, but but the the thing for me with that what I'm trying to get for it, get at is uh, this is going to be tonally kind of noir. It's going to feel like we're at a resort uh, in in Northern California. Um, there's going to be a cameo by, by Hitchcock, um, mm-hmm. and is. and there's going to be uh, be dragons and some kind of giant plot twist.
2: I would super read that.
0: But does that, when,
2: so the reason yes. I, yes. No, but that, that's, it gets to the heart of the things and right. the emotions of those properties and why they're cool and why they're exciting instead of just the set dressing. I will say I just bought a book with possibly the best This Meets That pitch I have ever read, ever. Oh, give it to us. Uh, I'll give you the short pitch, which is Harry Potter Meets Terminator. <laughs> okay. The longer pitch, which is a young mage who grew up in a world believing that humanity was wiped out a hundred years ago, stumbles outside of his mage community to discover that humanity is alive but not well because they're fighting a losing battle to the AI. And the title of the book, which is, drumroll please, Mage Against the Machine. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So good. I saw
3: that on Twitter and I thought,
2: dang it!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't I get there first?
3: Say goodbye
1: Okay, we got to we got to stop. We got to stop for book of the week because um, you're going to tell us about the Starlit Wood.
2: I am going to tell you about the Starlit Wood. This is actually I'm primarily a novel editor, but this is my first anthology that I've worked on as an anthology editor. I co-edited this book of retold fairy tales with Dominique Parisien, and it's coming out next week, I believe.
1: Yes, the 18th.
2: The 18th, and it's. Uh, Cross-genre fairy tale retellings with incredible stories from talent like Catherine Valenti and Garth Nix and Margot Lanigan and um, Naomi Novik. And 18 incredible writers writing incredible stories, and I'm very excited and very proud of it. Excellent.
1: That sounds wonderful. Now, we titled this episode The Editor's Wishlist, and so far we've gotten to one point on The Editor's (laughs) Wishlist, which is great characters. So, what else is on The Wishlist?
2: Okay, this is the thing that I, is sort of my life crusade. I want lady bros. I want. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, I want friendship stories. There's so much of a focus in stories about romance, and the heart relationship is a romantic one, which is great. And I love romance. Romance is wonderful. But friendships are so critically important in all of our lives. And I want more stories that focus on a friendship on a non-romantic, non-sexual friendship story with also romance. There can also be romance in the story, but where the primary story that we care the most about is a friendship. So I'm dying to see romance stories. Uh, I'm sorry, friendship stories, either between two ladies, which is my lady romance, but really anyone where people are just friends with each other. Um, Another thing on my wish list, I'll just toss a few out. I love ensemble stories. think Firefly, where... This comes back to the character thing. When you get a bunch of characters in a very tight and closed space and they're bouncing off each other, they just bring out elements of their character more and more and more in interesting ways, like Deep Space Nine or Battlestar Galactica kind of a thing, which is really fun.
1: Fortunately, we'll be doing an entire month on ensemble stories coming up um, in a few months.
2: I definitely did not know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one of the other things I really love is the really dislikable character who you fall deeply in love with by the end of the book. You're like, I will never love this character. Yes, you will. You absolutely will. Um, I- so, if
1: someone can write the um, <laughs> the friendship story about people that you hate when it starts, but you fall in love with, who are in an ensemble, then they've got the perfect book for you. Yes.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, you, you want you want
4: you want you want a Lady Bro heist with. Um, and uh, now I've joke's going to fall because I can't remember that character from Games of Th- Game of Thrones. who Yeah, who, yeah, yeah, yeah Jamie Lannister. Lannister.
2: I would buy that book. Mm. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Lady Bro Heist plus Jamie Lannister.
2: I, I would read that book. Mm. I, I'm there for that book. <laughs> um, yes.
3: I would even title it Lady Bro Heist. <laughs> I would also
1: binge watch the hell out of Lady Bro <laughs> Heist on Netflix.
2: thousand percent. I'm right there.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay, um, so bringing this back, you were giving us a list of uh, wishes. Uh, yes,
2: my list. unreliable narrators. Mm-hmm. I love this. is really hard. This is a really, really hard one. Unreliable narrators with a really good payoff. All too often, unreliable narrators sort of fizzle out. Where it's unreliable, and it's unreliable, and it keeps you guessing. And then you have the grand finale, and you're still guessing in a really unsatisfying way. And I love the ones that stick the landing. And you're like, oh wow, that puts everything in perspective. They're really hard, but so, so good. Borderline. Thank Mm. you.
1: (laughs) I have really wanted to write a story, um, and I don't have one yet, but along those lines of you don't realize the the narrator's unreliable till about halfway or three quarters you start to get a sense, and then the pow ending is that unreliable narrator that's all the way through. It's kind of a sixth sense thing, except they've been lying to you in first person the whole time. If you could pull that off, I just wanted it's so
2: good. to when it figure works. out
1: how to pull that off, right?
0: I think. Well, that but we could do a whole podcast yeah. on that. Yeah, I'll we will actually that. be doing
1: one on unreliable Narrator oh, next that's right. year. Yeah, yeah, that's on the outline. So we will wait to tell you how to do that. <laughs>
0: <About> <laughs> six Make six notes months. about that so I remember it next
4: year. Mm-hmm. Lady <laughs> Heist with an unreliable narrator.
2: <laughs> also, the top of the list for me. I'd love a closed room spaceship mystery. Mm mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Closed your mysteries are fun and
2: They're mm. so fun. You
1: don't see very many of those ported to genre fiction that often. So you I would mean, also
0: like my Thin Man Space Opera. I mm? super like you've would. got a Thin Man Space <laughs> Opera? Yeah.
1: So it's got comedic like Thin Man as well? Yeah. Uh, oh.
0: <laughs> and it's a happily married couple.
1: Mm. That's fantastic.
0: Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> this is not about me pitching. I don't know why this <laughs> just happened. I'm sorry. But, fair listener,
4: pay close attention to what you are hearing. <laughs>
2: uh, again, closed room comes back to the character thing. Yeah. You lock people in a room. And what better room is there than a spaceship in space? And you just get interesting shenanigans. Heists. You mentioned heist. I mm-hmm. love a good heist. Um, and also an epic fantasy. Primarily one with a lady protagonist. I would love a phenomenal epic fantasy.
1: That is
3: awesome. You know, I'm just going to say very quickly, since we're talking, we, we've said Lady Bro Heist like 900 times. I have one coming out in February. <laughs> it's called Ones and Zeros, and it's awesome.
1: So, I me read, read that. it. <laughs> when we were talking about this episode ahead of time, and I want to just talk about this for just a minute or two, um, Mary wanted to give some context to this episode, how you can take what we've been talking about here on Applied Apply in general to talking to editors and learning... About editors and pitching your work.
0: Yeah, so a lot of times what will happen is an editor will actually have on their website, not all of them, but a lot of times you will see an editor and agent have their wish list. And one of the things that my mom taught me, uh, my mom is an arts administrator, and and one of the things she taught me when talking about how to make a, a sale was to talk less about yourself and that the other person is always more interesting than you. So one of the things, rather than going to an editor and saying, uh, which is what I've been doing tonight, because I'm not trying to make a sale, um, hey, I, have this, I saw that you were, you were looking for this, and I have this thing about, about uh, Thin Men and space opera. I say, so, so you're looking for, for closed-room science fiction? What, what sort of things make you excited about closed-room science fiction? And to get the editor talking about it, and once they have begun talking about it, then you can kind of slip in things that you have been working on, um, which, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm nodding, but you can't see that no. podcast people but,
1: for those not benefiting.
0: Yes, <laughs> but, I mean, but that that is one of the things that that I, even though I, I was not actually pitching, really, really I was not. But but that's one of the things that that we are modeling a little bit here when she's talking right. about. No, it's true. Uh, this, is, this is a thing that I'm interested in.
2: No, those – I mean, you just lobbed them very gently at me because I was talking about things I was interested in. So in the course of a conversation, it came up in a more natural way to make me interested and excited.
1: We were telling the students who were, we were interacting with uh, – I was there with uh, Dong Song, mm-hmm. who we will have on the podcast a little bit later as an agent. Um, one of the things he said was, be ready to talk about books you've read recently that you've enjoyed Mm -hmm. that actually are similar to yours in some way because that gives you a nice way to approach a pitch without being hard pitching, right? You can say, I read this. I love how they did magic systems. It's the sort of thing I aspire to do very well. Like, that sort of conversation is a lot more—it's just easier.
0: It's more organic. It's
1: more organic.
2: In everything, just remember Mm -hmm. that editors and agents are people, so nobody likes to be— targeted, as you were saying yes. earlier. No one li- likes to be, you know, like you're coming to like throw something at us. Have a conversation. Make it a conversation. Everyone is more receptive when you are, we're engaging with you and we're talking with you instead of you just talking at us.
4: Yeah, I, I do not—my my career does not depend on me selling things to editors and agents. Um, but if I had a novel that I wanted to sell, I would never for a moment consider it—consider selling it to someone, uh, you know, cold calling— I would I would approach someone with whom I've had a conversation. Okay, yes, I've got kind of a longer lever because we've had a lot of people who are guests on the on the show who would, you know, happily talk to me about this, but but I would approach them because because I know how to talk to them. We've already had a conversation and and I know that they are interesting and and I don't know I don't know if this if this relates, but a, a book that I've written, anything that I've created, kind of my baby, and I want to hand it to somebody who I kind of already like. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's excellent advice. Um, I have to call the episode here. We're at, we're out of time. We really appreciate you coming on, Nava.
2: This was fun. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, and we appreciate our audience. you yeah. right. yeah. I do want to give you listeners um, a brief warning. We'll talk about it more next week, but in three weeks we're going to be doing Ghost Talkers as our project in depth. This is Mary's new novel. It is excellent. We will go in depth into spoilers, so you have three weeks to read this book um, so that you can listen to this episode and learn a lot about the writing process directly from Mary. All right. To bring us out, Mary's going to give us some homework.
0: All right, so Nava talked about the This Meets That and looking for the emotional heart of those things. So I want you to write two different pitches for your work in progress, whether that's short story or or novel, one of which is basic This Meets That. So think about the emotional heart of your piece and pick a film or book or some other touchstone that has that same emotional heart, not the set dressing, but the heart. And then I want you to do a second pitch which is, again, a this meets that. But this time I want you to think about the set dressing. So Orphan Black, people who, who have the same face, that is set dressing. The Emotional Heart is about sisters. So think about those two things. Look at those two pitches and then see which one fits your story best and whether or not, in fact, what you need is a third pitch, which is a combination of those two.
1: All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
0: Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson.